two hosts. Tell me the most interesting thing on your mind right now. Sorry, I, 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 I was working on something. What was that? Two guests. You know, you guys really suck. Why is the floor wet? To one inept producer. Wikipedia! Wikipedia! Four intriguing topics. They talk, you listen. Disappointment follows. Welcome to That Was Disappointing. Remember to tip your veal and try the waitress. Guten Nacht, everybody. We're back. Hey. Hello. Um, I uh, I have survived my fight with the COVID, and uh, I am back. Oh. Despite, I know, despite uh, Joe's tries, oh. he definitely tried to yeah. affect me. All that harassment that last episode. Uh, we're kind of sorry. <laughs> Speak uh, yeah, yourself. that was that was a really funny thing. Is everyone's like, "Man, you sound like shit." Well, hope you hope you don't get the COVID. Hope you don't die. And uh, well, I didn't, but I did get it, so that happened. Uh, so you got me. And spoiler alert: It took him two weeks to get over. <clears throat> yeah, hang on a second. Wait for it. Wait for it. Spoiler alert. Uh, it took me two weeks to get over it. <laughs> so, as usual, you have me, Art, back here with Lex. Um, Hello. It's okay to see you, I suppose. Producer Dave, here to just sit in producerial name only and not in action. And we have two virgins to the program today. I like you. We have Dave and Chris. Chris do you want Chris or Christopher? Christopher is fine to, to differentiate between the other the other Chris that's on here. Sometimes. Son of a bitch. It's going to be very difficult to be official. About Christoph. Then. Yeah. Chris, no, Christoph. All right. Christopher <laughs> and Dave. Guys, say hi. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. All right. <laughs> well, first I want to address... I want to address something that uh, that Dave's talking about. He uh, he heard our intro song on a TV show last week. You're talking about the music bed for the very first one, right? Yes. Not our rock theme, but our you know. No. What what did yeah. you hear that on? I don't remember. That's very useful. Well, oh. but uh, I even pointed it out to the wife, and she's like, "I don't care." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she she has other things to concern herself with. How would the wife? But e- pregnancy aside, listen. she would still be really not giving a shit about the show. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, why don't we start with our guests here? Why don't you guys talk about what you are drinking, Dave? Uh, I am drinking Pew 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 from uh, Aslan Brewing Company out there by uh, our producer Dave uh, in um, Herndon. Virginia. Ooh. Good stuff. It's good stuff. I might be half wasted by the time we're done with this. So uh, tipping nice. the scale to twelve and a half percent. All right. And then you, Christopher. I have a Guinness uh, White Mouth White Ale brewed in Baltimore, and I'm very happy about it because it tastes great. Oh, hometown nail. David, well, I got a Lex. Oops, sorry, I just clicked my glass there. I got a Woodchuck Hard Cider Granny Smith that I'm enjoying out of a nice uh, big beer stein right now. Uh, you know, it's not going to get me very drunk, but that's all right. I just I just enjoy the taste of Woodchuck. How about you, Dave? Uh, <laughs> our, our producer, Dave, I should say. Um, I'm almost done my seven and seven, so I guess it's only a three and three now. <laughs> oh. 
Hey, god damn it. The hits just keep coming. And now we have to ask Art and see if and see if he can taste something nowadays. Uh, well, I, I have been able to taste most things. Vinegar is still avoiding me, as is the smell of phosphorus. Two very specific things, but those are not there. Let's see. Mm. Well, this is Diet Coke and Bullet Bourbon. And the bourbon is very soft, but otherwise it will do the job. Um, the fun thing about doing the job, the other day, I uh, decided to open up this bottle of 15-year-old Merlot that I've been saving for a special occasion because, you know, the whole COVID thing and all that other happy horse shit and moving into a house. So I figured, you know, I've held it on this bottle long enough. I open it up and I guess I did something wrong because it tasted like grape juice. So... Mm -hmm. Um, and that wasn't just me. Ashley tried it too, because at that point I thought, well, geez, maybe my taste buds are still bad, but no, it tastes like grape juice. So if anybody of our three listeners knows how to keep a bottle of red wine properly, go ahead and email producer Dave and uh, let him pass that on to me. I may actually have a, a correct answer to that because I worked in the wine industry for a little bit. Um, well, look yeah. at this. We have a sommelier amongst us. Barely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you got to have it on the side. You got to have it in cool, dark places, like somewhere off in, the, like in a closet for a while. I got some wine that I'm, I'm aging for a, uh, a couple of years now. And I'm looking forward to opening those up. But you just got to keep it, in, keep, it out of, keep it out of the light, basically. So run those steps by me real quick in a very brief fashion again. Uh, on its side and rotate it every once in a while, like I don't know, once a week or something, and then keep it off in a in a dark, unlit area. So just like my grandma. <laughs> okay, let's get started with this bullshit thing here. Uh, Chris, well, Christopher, why don't you start us off? Sure. <clears throat> so, oh, It'd be easy to start off right, right with the question. What's a reoccurring dream that you've all had? Oh, this is something that we've all, I, most people I think have had reoccurring dreams at some point in their life. I remember when I was a very young kid, it'd be some sort of weird carnival, something like chasing me or something. I don't know, more or less like that. The, the one that I've had recently is more or less me traveling somewhere around the world. And it's like, there's usually a mountain that I'm climbing or like a, a path, a hiking trail, if you will. Cause I've done a whole lot of backpacking around, but I usually, I usually know where I am. Well, like I, I have had dreams where I've been in Japan. I've been dreams in uh, Bolivia and I've never been to Bolivia. I've never been to Japan or anything, but I, for some, for whatever reason, I know that I'm, I'm there, but there's usually this mountain that I'm always trying to climb. And uh, the second question to this is also, what do you think this means? What do you think your reoccurring dreams mean? So if anything, I'd say, I got to find a job that lets me travel more, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's what I'd say, at least. It's very, it's very nice. It's not very Freudian. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that you have some problem with your sexuality, sir. Yeah, the mountains are usually very phallic shapes. So I don't know what that means. But you need say. to know how to climb the shaft. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, yeah, what do, you, what do you all think about that? Or what do you all think about your own perspective uh, recurring dreams? Uh, Dave, what about you? Well, um, I, I haven't had a lot of recurring dreams as an adult, but I remember having a, a very Jumanji-like recurring dream when I was in my probably late elementary school, early middle school era. Um, and it was just... Uh, 
lots of animals, super creepy. I think that was probably around when Jumanji came out. So maybe that is just a deeper meaning for Jumanji having scared the shit out of me. Um, but uh, I don't know that there's any deeper meaning beyond that. <laughs> um, but I can't really, uh, really think of anything more recent. Hmm. I, Joe, you look at such a loss. <laughs> well, it's not so much that I'm at a loss. It's I'm kind of wondering how to broach this topic because oh. I think a lot of people listen to this podcast and they always think that I'm, you know, because I always talk about outlandish shit, uh, pun intended with, with what I'm about to talk about here. Um, the thing is, is that this is the stuff I dream about. I, I have, I always joke that I don't like to dream a lot because when I do, it's either lucid dreaming, which gets really weird or it's nightmares. But the recurring dream that I get a lot <laughs> is about shit. And it's like, like not my own shit, but, but just okay shit in general and it's like you know like i'll be back in college and two out of three bathroom stalls will be taken and the one that's not there's like a mountain of shit just coming out of it and it's like you know, it's stuff like that it's like and it, it, there 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 was one dream that i had years ago in my <laughs> when i was still living at home with my folks where I walked into my bedroom and there was a a hockey player standing there in my room dropping trowel looking for a place to shit right there in my bedroom and it's like like these are the kinds of dreams I have and I'm terrified that that Dave or Art or whoever is going to research us now and Tell them, you know, already there. I'm a pervert or something like that. No, but you're gonna love this because this is this is so part of your fucking mo. So, for example, one interpretation of a dream of feces not being flushed down the toilet means that you are on the verge of an emotional and psychological breakdown. That your thoughts and feelings have been so pent up that they need to surface and emerge. Or here's another one about toilet overflowing with shit, which is another one you had. Yeah. <clears throat> could be interpreted a couple ways. Um, could be that financial troubles are roughly predicted, or maybe that they also pertain to certain people you just don't want to encounter. It could also be a general reminder on how you should learn to let go of unwanted feelings for relief and freedom from guilt. Wow. Joe, are you carrying some guilt or perhaps some emotional stress throughout your life? <laughs> Did you well, ever I, freak out about anything, maybe? I think most people know uh, about my battles with anxiety. So, so, so yeah, that, you know, that, that would make sense. Um, <laughs> not so much the, the, the whole financial trouble thing, but, uh, but, but the anxiety, the, the overthinking and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it does make, now, 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 what is your, now, what does your website there say about, like, frequent nightmares and lucid dreaming and stuff like that you know that's a bigger thing i think that's i don't think i I have to look on that but i feel like nightmares and lucid dreaming those are they're like they're states of rest and dream as opposed Mm -hmm. to context in a dream Mm -hmm. so i think having those it's just i mean that could just be a medication thing it could be whatever the fuck you eat thing you know it could just be a fever thing you know so i remember either way it probably is about your sexuality 
in college, I took an abnormal psychology class, and I actually did did very well in the class. I think I wound up with an A, but uh, the teacher was awesome. And I remember we were talking about dreams, and I and I just happened to ask the question one day. Well, why can you feel the pain in dreams? And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well." you know, I've had dreams where I've been hit by a car where this and that has happened. And like, I feel physical pain. He said, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is this abnormal psychology, you know, professor who's like a PhD, who's telling me that basically I'm nuts. Well, then, you know, you're in good company, Joe, because I, I get hurt in dreams all the time. Yeah. And I have done the whole falling dream. And then I actually did hit the ground instead of wake up. And it, I like, I cracked like a piece of glass and blood seeped out of each crack and it did not feel very good. So it's weird. But doesn't the old wives tale go that if that happens, like you actually die in, you know, like you actually die in real life? If you I'm not going to put that out of uh, possibility because then this would be my purgatory doing this fucking podcast with you. So <laughs> you I have actually died in a dream. So take that however you want. There you go. There you go. Welcome to hell, Dave. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. And I um. What is your dream, Arthur? I have a bunch of different things that. Are, are reoccurring but i will talk about one that happened more recently that stood out to me because i finally broke the pattern in this reoccurring dream and the reoccurring not the dream but the theme of it is losing my car like it's always that i would drive somewhere park and then go inside then time with a lapse or whatever and i'd come out and there's somebody else parked in that spot and my car is just gone like it's and I can't figure out if somebody stole it or they towed it or whatever. And I'm running around looking for my car like crazy. And this quick little blurb I see here that talks about that interpretation means I, I always thought it meant fe- like feeling you're stuck, which wasn't too fer- terribly off from this. In that this um, which it's from Doctor Oz, which I think is also a bunch of horse shit. But it's the first thing that popped up, yeah, and it says it. it's uh, connected to uncertainty or loss of motivation. So your car represents your drive, your motivation, blah, 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 blah. Well, in the throes of my illness the other week, uh, I actually had a pretty vivid dream where I, once again, drove my car home in this dream, got out in this weird city, parked it, went upstairs. The next morning I came out to look for it, couldn't find it. But then I suddenly had this realization, you know, Google and all these apps track everything you do. So I opened up an app on my phone And very much like um, a security camera application where you can cycle back through time and see what's happened on the footage. I cycled back to see what happened between a certain time and the GPS. And I tracked where I drove and parked my car. And apparently I couldn't find a spot. So I had to park it a couple blocks away. I walked, found the car. First time I've ever found the fucking car in this sort of dream. So (laughs) I'm going to have to go ahead and give myself a golf clap. And you know how I feel about parking. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. It's, uh, that that I'm surprised you don't have more dreams about that shit, Joe. So, all right, Dave, Dave. How would you score this topic? Um. So all of you had bad answers, but one of you had the shittiest answer, and that was Joe. Two points for Joe. Yay! And, Holy shit! <laughs> and um, it's interesting that you bring up two points when we're recording this episode. It's the night after the Ravens 
won the shit bowl game where Lamar Jackson had to run off the field because apparently he had to take a shit. (laughs) 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 Although he claims he didn't. So most game memes were incredible. Wow. Wow. All right. So Uh, that could be him pooping. Uh, and also, fun fact that Dave snuck in there since we're now we've dated when we are uh, recording this. Uh, Jumanji came out 25 years ago today, recorded on oh December 15th. So, 25 years ago today, Jumanji. Oh, came God out. help me. Yep. So, there's that. Okay, Lex, to you. All right. So, um, so my topic, um, I honestly don't know how much, um, our guests, Dave and Christopher, Christopher are going to add here, uh, depending on if they've been a witness to this phenomenon, but I'm calling out Art and Dave and producer Dave here, um, because they give me a lot of shit about a video game. I like to talk about called animal crossing. So um, I've God been told that I am now banned. Subject. What's God that? Damn it! Are you fucking with me? <laughs> I've been told that I am now banned from talking about this topic on our Facebook group because it, you know, which is kind of interesting to begin with, uh, since I am the only one who actually posts in our Facebook group. Um, so really, my my issue here, like I said, is with is with is with art and producer dave but you know guest dave christopher you know if either of you know what i'm talking about here please feel free to jump in guys what is your issue with animal crossing i will go ahead and start because that's the way that we do that's the way that that we run this podcast animal crossing is a great life sim where i get to live on an island with a bunch of animals that are uh i'm anthropomorphic i think is the word i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly thank you sir (laughs) hey look at that joe actually said a word correctly it's a fucking banner day (laughs) um i can do activities such as fishing catching insects talking with neighbors i'm pretty sure that the goat on my island wants to hump me um celebrate birthdays have fun oh (laughs) and as dave as producer dave is writing here in the chat oh time's up okay so yeah so so all right let's move on it's been a shitty year and this is an innocent game that's a lot of fun that a lot of people like i have missed some guys nights with the gentleman here because i've been hosting parties on my island with my friends so go ahead Producer Dave, Art, guest Dave, guest Christopher, what is your guys' issue with Animal Crossing? Especially in the year 2020. Please, Art. It looks like the most boring fucking game on the planet. Bullshit. Again, can you rob anybody? Can you kill anybody? (laughs) Can you get into fights with anybody? Can you go on long quests where you can actually defeat enemies? Or do you just run around building houses, planting flowers, and then jerking each other off at your little fucking animal houses? Is that all it is? Is it just walking around giving handshakes? And no, okay, so, so, 
so those games where you rob people, where where you blow up stuff and such, you know, that makes a video game, which is why you still haven't played Red Dead. Red oh, Dead I am playing now. that now, actually. Three years later. I am playing it now. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm getting there. I'm about 10% through, so I'm working my way. It's a beautiful game, and it was. it's still very, very intimidating because of the level of depth and detail, but I'm getting over my anxiety of it. You but the thing switch. is, it's a life you sim is how you, you described Animal Crossing as a life sim. That if it's literally just doing mundane things, life is full of mundane things. Why not actually go do that in life? I think COVID yeah, if I may join in, I think the reason why my wife likes to play it, I got it for her when it came out and everything. Um, I think the reason why... Does she still play it? She does not still play it. He's went on to play other games. Um, like Red Dead Redemption yeah, 2. Well, I, Me too. I, I, I played it in March, and then I'm done. Red Dead's awesome. Um, with, well, I think what, Man is talking, let him talk. I think the reason why people like Animal Crossing is because even if it is mundane, it allows them to be like, oh yeah, I succeeded at something today, even if they're, even if it's like, oh yeah, I caught a fish, I put it in my museum or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I, I never played the game. Regardless, I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think, where's my, where's my yay button for that one? <laughs> I think, I think the fact that some people, people like it because it's, it's just, it's relaxing. I think that's the main key for it. So. I agree. Yeah. So. I'll jump in here. Um, I had never heard of this game before I had heard you guys discuss it on the podcast, and I still know nothing about it. Um, but I have played a lot of Clash of Clans, which is kind of a, it's different in the, the uh, topic, in the, the way you play it, but it's mundane in the same um, productivity where you accomplish things, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, it become for me, it became uh, something that felt like a job. Um, and so I stopped playing it. <laughs> but I think what we really need to point out here is that you openly admitted to skipping guys' nights to play fake games. <laughs> <laughs> With a bunch of other random people who play this game, and they all What's come over to this island. You call friends. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> I, I guess this this podcast certainly would be better if uh, we weren't looking at each other, but yeah. uh, at least nobody else has to see us. So. I just want to jump in and say that I Googled Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. all right? And under the people also ask section, the, some of the top answers or questions are, what is the point of Animal Crossing? <laughs> Why is Animal Crossing so popular? Why is Animal Crossing bad? <laughs> is Animal Cross- Crossing worth buying? So I guess it's not just Dave and I who well, let me, just don't no, understand hold on, it. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this. Did you ever play like The Sims part? For, yeah, about like a day. And it okay. got incredibly boring. So so that's the same. So so it's not your cup of tea then. So there are people who, who like these games. You don't just, games don't just have to be like a shoot 'em up you know, you, you know, you don't have to be jacking cars. They, they don't have to do that, but they have to sometimes challenge you to think and solve puzzles sometimes. And that's always good. But figuring out how to make my avatar take a shower and then go to work and then come home and have a dance party with a bunch of weird little squiggles above their heads didn't seem very interesting to me. 
I could get up, take a shower and go to work, come home and then dance in my own fucking house. Well, you can steal a car too. I could, but that's the thing about games is it's wish fulfillment to do the things you can't do in real life. <laughs> Such as fly, steal cars, or perhaps solve a mystery because I certainly couldn't do that shit in real life. So, so, so you're saying you want to go fishing because you can't do that in real life and you want to you want to play with furries because you don't so because play with you're furries in real life? Red or? Dead Redemption 2 now, you want to be a cowboy? I've always wanted to be a cowboy ever since Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, that too. But I think if I got on a horse, I'd hurt it. So I want to spoil it so bad right now. You do, I know, but then the show would just cease do to it. exist off the planet. <laughs> and it would be it would be wonderful to just take it off the web servers entirely well, maybe you haven't heard the, uh, the spoilers since since it came out <laughs> well luckily people don't troll around and put that shit online but i also don't go off on facebook too so uh producer dave um uh you said you would also like to get your two cents in here here's my two cents um I'm taking this from a marketing standpoint. Our target audience is definitely not the Animal Crossing type. What audience? We are degenerates. We are people who like shoot 'em ups and smacking hoes and I don't know everything that. Hoes. Oh, and Dave froze. All GTA Five and not and people like this. That's what they like. Not and um, where is that shit? Oh, there is. Well, people thought that they would also like cyberpunk, and as it turns out, that is be you know that is uh... well. That's that's on the game developer. They shat the bed and. <laughs> delivering a product where it's so bad where floating penises <laughs> pop out it's of so pants <laughs> i mean hey look i give I actually give cyberpunk 2077 a, a bit of credit because they decided to go so far as to say you want to define what kind of genitals your character has sure we give you a couple options and the fact that that's even there makes me wonder is it just for looks or is there actually a narrative purpose to it so problem, other than the bug of your dick just falling out of your pants is that that's the number one thing they should have tested the first thing they should have tested oh yeah well let's, let's see how how big they all are and then like oh if it's going to like glitch through the pants or or a shirt or everything yeah well that's what i think because you know what every single person who's playing that game is like penis number one penis number two nope picking penis two circumcised or or circumcised i'm gonna do it uncircumcised and just gonna walk around and bulge 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 there we go so Every single character who's made that game has six packs and a huge, huge dong. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Dave, how would you score this? Uh, negative three points so that you're in the lo- loser category. What a Whose day. topic is next? That's Dave. All right. So you guys talk about movies a lot, but you guys uh, Art talks about to, movies a lot. And Art Mike. likes to talk about movies a lot. <laughs> you guys are, uh, I think, collectively, typically are more of the uh, superhero type of movies, which I can't speak on. So I kind of had to 
push you guys out of that by uh thank you <laughs> making a, a movie topic that has nothing to do with that because i can't discuss it um so my topic is uh, a historical movie whether it be uh, a movie that's based on true based on true events or just uses history uh to create a fiction movie uh what's your what's your favorite um and my answer is inglorious bastards it's loosely tied to um world war ii and a group that did exist called the inglorious bastards but aside from that there is nothing but fiction in that movie but it's a great action movie it's gory as hell and it's one of the funniest movies i can think of and that's a tarantino movie isn't it it sure it is, is. yeah now now are you typically a tarantino fan um Kinda, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a, a major Tarantino fan, but I do enjoy his work. Believe it or not, I've never seen *Inglorious Bastards*. I've heard a lot of great stuff about it, but it's one of the you films. You got homework. That, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. That's uh, that's one I have not seen yet. I've heard a lot of great stuff, especially about uh, the alternate uh, fiction and whatnot about how. Yeah. Oh yeah, the alternate killed. timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting <clears throat> topic. Um, I always say that kind of my Mount Rushmore movies, you know, the, the Mount Rushmore movies that Lex loves, um, I can name three of them immediately. And that's Fight Club, The Big Lebowski. Um, don't know what the fourth one is, but the one that would fit your question here is 1992. I believe the director is Michael Mann, last of the- Last of the Last Mohicans. I, I absolutely love that movie. And um, it's, um, it's, it obviously takes place um, at a moment in time that actually did really happen. That mm -hmm. said, the storyline is fictional, but it took place during the French and Indian War. And uh, I, I think I've actually mentioned on the podcast previously just how much I love the character magua who's the bad guy but at the same time he's one of those bad guys that you're like well, yeah but if i was in his shoes i would you know you, you know i i can't gar guarantee that i would go batshit crazy too uh it's uh it's just a great fucking movie um uh between you know the director's awesome the cast is awesome uh daniel day lewis of course russell means uh madeline stowe um uh the bad guy played by west study who uh who usually who has played great native american parts um in film um it, it's just a great great movie it's one of those movies that just is i don't know how accurate it is as far as the weapons go and whatnot you know i do wonder just <laughs> especially if we're going back to like the mid 18th century uh, just exactly how realistic it is that everybody is killing people with just one musket shot like you know what i mean but it's uh but it's just a great movie and like you know i'm sure the the musket ball just took them right over the edge with the malnutrition <laughs> and scurvy so you know it was fine <laughs> half an ounce of lead will do that <clears throat> all i could say is that uh is that uh oh god what 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 was uh Day lewis's character's name um 
I can't remember, but, uh, but, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's one hell of a shot. That's all I can say. Daniel day Lewis's character. Uh, yeah. So originally in the book by, uh, James Fenimore Cooper, his name was, uh, oh shoot. I'm blanking on it right now. I'm blanking on it now. Uh, it was Natty Bumpo. And it's, it's okay. all taking all takes place up in Cooperstown, New York and everything. And I've actually been to the cave that he supposed like James Fenimore Cooper visited a whole bunch and he's just like, oh yeah, this is oh, Natty Bumpo's cave and everything. Um, no, 100% agree on Glorious Bastards. That's my favorite Tarantino. It's the one that I think is his best. Now, I've only just recently have seen uh, Last of the Hicans, which is really annoying because I've been around it for so long and it's like, oh, I just mm-hmm. now see it. It's like, oh, this is fun. It only took you 28 years. Exactly. Still <laughs> behind the curve. I don't Which think is, I've ever seen yeah. it. I feel like that's also like older than you are. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, just by a year or so, unfortunately. My God, look at that, Joe. How do you feel about that, oh. old bastard? <laughs> but uh, the the top. So the, the topic was historical films, right? Yeah, histor- movies that were had a historical, like some sort of foundation or grounding, but they were fictionalized stories. So I'm going to be really, really film nerdy because I'm just like Michael Baroga. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Andrea Rublev on this. Andrea Tarkovsky's, oh, I don't know, six, sometime in the 60s, Russian. Could you say say the name of the movie? Andrea Rublev. Never heard of it. Yeah, there we go. No, all the film nerds are going to love this. All one. <laughs> well, that's Mike Baroga yeah, jizzing out there somewhere. Uh, it, 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 is, it is a fantastic film. I watched it. I watched part of it in film class, and I was able to get the Blu-ray from Criterion Collection uh, last year, two years ago or so. But it's a, uh, it's a, it was it. It's like a two and a half hour to three hour epic on this one iconoclastic artist during the the Russian Middle Ages. It's very bizarre. It's very obscure, but it's fantastic. Uh, yeah all i could say excellent <laughs> yeah. well dave, uh uh producer dave wants you to spell the the the, the name of the movie in the chat if you can. oh i actually was imagining him wanting you to spell iconoclastic for him <laughs> <laughs> all right oh well christopher looks that up i'll answer mine with braveheart they may take our lives. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say Braveheart. I knew it. <laughs> what can I say? You know my body. Um, yeah, it's that's just a movie that I've always loved and adored, and it always hit all the right notes for me. It was compelling action and a moving story and emotional through line, and and it's also 100% not accurate to what happened for most of that entire story. Um, and yes, producer Dave, I had to pause it for Mel Gibson's penis as well as um, that actually, that movie holds the record for the most dicks in any film because the entire Irish army that played the Scottish soldiers all raised their kilts. So that's about 437 penises in one film. So there's that. So fun fact. And if I had a more you know, I'd play that. But instead, here's a Mr. Delicious. Hello, I'm Mr. Delicious. Uh, but yes. So there's... Debbie does Dallas 2000, 2000 dicks. <laughs> okay. It's a porno, Dave. This is different. 
You're right. And the Houston 500, there was 500 dicks in that, even though that doesn't <laughs> technically count because there was repeat offenders in that pornography. Um, but yes, that that's I, I, I have to also give my hat off to uh, Inglourious Bastards because that has always been one of the more fun Tarantino films. I like all of them, but that's one of the more fun ones just because you really get to just go into a fantasy land and there's some real wonderful filmmaking that happens there. But I was saying, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Art. I was just saying, but yeah, Braveheart would be my my honest answer of which one. And then there's Braveheart 2, otherwise known as The Patriot. So <laughs> I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that uh, no one um, brought up the film that I was also thinking about, which was Saving Private Ryan, considering we're, we're all. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a really I'm sure we've all seen it. Oh yeah, no, that was, uh, I saw, I watched it again not long ago. That's another fan. It's it's so hard to choose, you know? Yeah. Um, I also think another great one is the documentary shot in real time, um, Eraserhead. That's a fun one. Documentary, you say? <laughs> yeah, at least Christopher's just like, yeah, I get that. Dave, <laughs> producer Dave. That's a, that's a trip, that's for sure. Nobody just seems to care. So I'll cricket <laughs> myself for that one. Uh, God help us. So hey, at least I didn't say Barry Lyndon. So that's my thing. That's a great movie. <laughs> okay, I I want to say this: Barry Lyndon is an attractive movie to watch, but there all was all natural a, lighting. I no big fucking whoop. They use a bunch of fucking candles and and the proper apertures. No, the best description of that movie from a film reviewer. The headline was this: Barry Lyndon is like being treated to a two and a half hour tour of one's own living room. <laughs> you just and don't get humor in it. Did you, you say what? I don't get the humor in it. No, no, I got no, the humor in it. There was Stanley like Kubrick. You don't get Stanley Kubrick. Oh, I get plenty of Kubrick. I get all of the other Kubrick, just not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you get 2001: A Space Odyssey, but you don't get. Barry 2001 White. is two movies in one. You get two movies for the price of one. You get <laughs> creation. Three. Oh, three. I guess you're right. Three. Yeah. <laughs> but so it, it, that's a fucking trip, man. Barry Lyndon that was just his response to it's like oh everybody got all shitty because I made a rape revenge movie the horrible thing of this weird book and fuck it I'm not doing violence anymore and then he went off and did that and then he went back and did The Shining because that's what people like technically no no he did uh he was supposed to make uh Napoleon but then he couldn't get financing then he made Clockwork Orange and then he made Barry Lyndon using all the resources How dare you come on our show and rewrite my false history? Oh, sorry. My favorite story. <laughs> Do I have a my, fake news soundbite here somewhere? My favorite story about Stanley Kubrick is how uh, Stephen King said he would call him up in the middle of the night when when he was directing the Shining and ask him questions like, "Do you believe in God?" <laughs> Stanley Kubrick would do this to him. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Stephen King who's just sitting there he's used to jocking a typewriter and back then I, I'm trying to think no back then he King's was probably almost, scared shitless talking to him you know <laughs> well he was like deep in the cocaine and booze at that point he hadn't been hit by the car yet so I'm sure he was just like what the fuck are you calling me for man <laughs> I'm writing about a dog that eats the shit out of people just leave me alone how would you score this Dave um well if looking at the american film institute the first heavily historical film on there is schindler's list ah, that's another one uh that comes in at number eight yep. uh so i'm just going by tomato meter scores which amazingly where's debbie does Andre, dallas 2000 
<laughs> I will look that up. <laughs> Andre Rubilov came in at 9594. I've never heard this. Uh, next was Last of the Mohicans with 9398, followed by Inglorious Bastards 8988. And last but not least, Braveheart was 7885. Ah, Braveheart sucks. I'm adding up the score for Christopher, and that looks like about 100 and. 90 89 points there we go i can do math sweet well as long as we know that joe's carrying that that constant negative three point disadvantage with animal <laughs> crossing in his pocket he's uh definitely going to be rolling at a disadvantage each time so. <laughs> <laughs> all right art what's your topic this evening okay funny thing about that um so i didn't come up with one <laughs> <laughs> just kidding look at, look at joe he got so angry, <laughs> not even angry. i expected it <laughs> so <clears throat> not surprised at all covid right <laughs> yeah no actually what i want to talk about um are the uh these time-honored forms of entertainment known as board games i want to know we all have board games we enjoy but we also have board games that we fucking hate so i want to know what board game or game uh, when you play it, or actually when you have played it, you get so frustrated, so angry, or you despise it so much you want to flip the fucking table. Because um, everybody's had one of those rage quit moments. And I think this is going to be really a weird answer for me because as much as I despise this game, I've also found my way to win it. So I'm either, I'm on either end of this. I'm either a terrible loser or I'm like the first one to fucking win. And it's, of course... Monopoly. Monopoly is the game of uh, it's capitalism on cardboard, and it is uh, the best way to teach anybody how life works. But man, if uh, you roll the dice wrong just for the first turn or two, you can get really screwed. And I've been in situations where playing with my family and my wife, um, my wife is apparently a very shrewd businesswoman that I did not realize. And uh, my father is also so um, next thing you know, that game took about three hours between the two of them after I got busted out early. But then I've also totally savaged on it. But half the time I play Monopoly, I just want to throw it out the goddamn window. So anybody have a game that really bugs the shit out of them? I would say Scategories. I don't know if any of you all have played <laughs> Scategories. Well, we know about that Scategories. Okay. Not... Not that kind of scat, but you know, which oh, I was talking oh, about well, on our first topic. But, <laughs> but Scategories is a game, and I and I have to. Uh, <laughs> does Animal Crossing count as a game? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they come up with a board game version, yes. <laughs> so, Scategor um both my mother in law and I are very competitive, and um, to the point where if one of us beats the other at a game, we get upset about it because uh, we're, we're both kind of jerks like that. Um, <laughs> and so, and so we've had a long standing um, debate with the game categories because I feel like, so, okay. So for those of you who don't, who don't know, basically with categories is uh, you'll have a, a list uh, where you have to name a bunch of things that start with the letter S, the letter T, B, and 
so on. And every word you come up with has to match, you know, has to begin with that letter, has to, has to be a part of that list. And I feel that the, the way we play um, isn't very, <laughs> trying to think of the word here. It's, we're kind of loosey goosey with the rules, but I feel that the rules never go in my favor. So like, you know, people can name. So for instance, talking about sports, um, let's say you have the letter C. Well, you know, some people will say, um, try and cross country, something like that. Well, and you know, which is fine, but if you're trying to come up with a 10 item list, then it starts to get more difficult, of course. So people start to play, you know, play with the rules, you know, okay, cross country, cycling, so on and so forth. And I feel as though some people have mentioned in the past, I'm talking about my in-laws, have mentioned actual sports stars who are known for that sport, you know, so for instance, with the letter C, Cowerkin Jr. Well, I used that one time on the game and I was told, no, that doesn't count. And I said, well, no, it, it, it does count because you've done this with other lists previously. No, I haven't. Yes, you have and so on and so forth. And, you know, both Arden and producer Dave know me and know how hard headed I can be at times. So it's, it's something that even, you know, eight years later that still, <laughs> it still kind of stokes the fire of this is brought up. You know, it's something that we still argue about to this very day. I think that the rules of this category are, aren't very nuanced. Well, nuanced is not the right word. Aren't very, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> categories is, is not my game of choice. And that's all I have to add to this topic. So I will shut up. Uh, who would like to go next? Christopher or Dave? So I'll, I'll jump in. I've, I, I have a love hate with uh, Scrabble and Scrabble like games. So you got <laughs> Scrabble is the board game, obviously, but then you've got words with friends and all kinds of these variants that are, they're app based now too. And they always just drive me crazy because people want to make up shit. And, <laughs> either made up words you know back in the day when you played scrabble on the board game you you went to the dictionary to to verify or, or dispute somebody's uh, somebody's word but even more so playing words with friends they just allow you to use shit and it is just <laughs> just garbage words like xi that's not a word in the english language that anybody's ever used but you can get fifty thousand points on words with friends with it so it just just drives me crazy. Yeah, and producer Dave just pointed out chi. Yep, is another one. So that is and also xu. Don't forget about that. Yep. And it's interesting that um, that Dave brings up Scrabble and that producer Dave and Art are mentioning some of like the shorter words because I remember watching a news story a, a couple years back. Scrabble is really popular apparently in Nigeria. Uh, to to the point where like you know it's a it, it, it's a big thing there in this country and what a lot of these Nigerian players do is that's the way they play it they it's some kind of way that they learn there where everything they use is like the shortest word imaginable <laughs> it gives you nothing to work with 
And it's <laughs> and if you think about it, it's brilliant. It, Great it, way it, to be defensive, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it brilliant, but like like arts, you know, if you're using words like key and such, like you know, clever <laughs> starters. What the fuck does that mean? You know, <laughs> and then too, like, I mean, how can you build off it? So, yeah, interesting. Uh, Christopher, what do you think? The the one game that I could think of that really pissed me off a whole lot was, and I'm I, I have no idea what it's called, but it, we had it for years. It was, it's an old Star Wars board card game, and the, the it pissed me off because I could never figure out how to play it. it, it <laughs> the rules had the rules make no sense, none whatsoever. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it just it, it, I hated it. But uh, like I like oh this is oh let's start let's let's try play this. It was like oh no like, I I don't know how to play this. It doesn't make any sense. It was probably made in tandem with the Christmas special. You know what? I just watched that today, <laughs> right before this, and that's a whole other episode to talk about. So. <laughs> don't you dare talk bad about B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, this, yeah. again, this board game didn't make any sense. I really wanted. I really wish I could find out what it was called, but it's, it's at my parents' house, so who knows? Yeah, I think a more controversial answer. You know, you know, just thinking about this question more, I almost think my answer should have been Dungeons and Dragons, and the reason why is because <laughs> I don't know how to play, and I wish I was smart enough to play. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that, Art, I think you've played in the past, haven't you? Yeah, and I can tell you that they've actually made it significantly much more streamlined. So with fifth, oh, edi- yeah. with fifth edition, fifth edition is- yeah, it's so much easier to play now. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you ever looked at it with, like, AD&D, when they did, like, Thacko and all this other sort of shit, you'd be like, wow, you gotta, like, get an abacus out and no calculus to play this game. But they've made it much easier now. Okay. I got introduced to D and D in three five edition by uh, by Mike's brother, and it was it, it it didn't make any sense whatsoever. And fifth edition is so much easier because you could type everything into a computer. It's like, oh yeah, this is this is what everything. Oh is. yeah, they have apps and things like that. Oh, uh, Dave wants to know: Was it Escape from the Death Star? I will look that. He needs to look at the pictures. <laughs> well, while Chris is looking that up, I want to revisit. Oh, look at that! Boom, Dave brought it out. I don't think it was that. No, doesn't look familiar at all. No, no. That looks like a really mind-numbing version of a Sorry or one of those sort of games. <laughs> uh, I would like to mention, since Dave scored us on points for film quality, he uh, lamented in the chat that he could not find any good review meters of porn. Well, I couldn't find any good review meters, but I did find at least one website that had somewhat of a scale, and it goes from skip it watch on demand, recommend it, and highly recommend it. And I just want to tell you, these are the Debbie Does Dallas titles. Debbie Does Dallas, recommend it. Debbie Does Dallas again, highly recommend it. Debbie Does Em All, recommend it. Debbie Goes to War, watch on demand. Debbie Does Dallas Definitive Collector's Edition, highly recommend it. Debbie Does Dallas 30th Anniversary, highly recommend it. And last but not least, Debbie does out. Debbie does Dallas East versus West. Skip it. No, is this the same Debbie? Sorry, what? 
Is this the same Debbie from the first movie? I would certainly hope not. She probably would have to be using a wheelchair by the end of this. So, <laughs> Where is Deep Throat at on, on, on that review site? Let's see what they say. Deep, deeper than deep in your throat. Ah, highly recommend it. Though Deep Throat League and Deep Throat League 2 were only recommended. But you will be happy to know that the Throat Fuck Gang Bang is a skip it. So there's that. Closing that down. What about the uh, uh, bear, uh, Bigfoot Bukaki? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I still yeah yeah. Uh, yeah fuck. Dave, Dave and Christopher probably don't know what, what we're talking about. But well, they oh, didn't I listen to those episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I've listened but to they didn't one see one. the actual. They didn't see the actual clip that Art found of a girl <laughs> eating, eating big ass. Did not see the clip. <laughs> that was, I did not see the clip. That was that was pretty glorious. That was pretty glorious. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay right, Dave, how would you score that one um let's see this is, so should i score the one that i think is the crappiest game or should i score the one that's the best game hey man this is this is yeah, your one this is, this is your I'm one screwing oh, it up you know this is your executive power as producer because your power your power exists nowhere beyond this so i, I, I hate to battle. do this go get some Joe gets the points because I hate categories as well. <laughs> Yay, look Power at that. And Joe, Joe, you get one point, so you're back to zero. Yay! <laughs> yeah! Oh, my God. Um, all right, well, I guess that's it. Look at that. We actually might have done this show in the usual amount of time that we try to go for instead of running over by 20 minutes. Um, so... Wonderful. Um, I want to say, Dave, thank you. Christopher, thank you. Do you guys have anything you would like to share or promote before we get running? Go ahead, Christopher. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I have a letterbox uh, review site that I, I, I post film reviews. That's one of the things that I do often on my, uh, my free time. It's under Darth Gnome. Uh, you drop the G uh, for Gnome, at least there. So uh, I I post a whole lot of fun stuff. I watch movies for I don't know, old, old, new, who knows, you know, every, everything in between. Um, so, yeah. So you're saying it's Darth Gnome with no G. So it'd be like name with an O. So Darth N-O-M-E. Exactly. Got it. A gnome supposed yep. to be. We that unnecessarily confusing in the uh, description, didn't we? Yeah. It's a little... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to uh, plug personally, but since you all seem to be, uh, porn aficionados or at least uh dabble a little bit uh there's a podcast called once upon a time in the valley that if you haven't checked out it's, uh, it's a good it's one pretty, it's pretty interesting yeah that's that's uh, truly a neo-noir it's really good yeah it really gets into the, the industry in, a, in an interesting way mm -hmm. well uh what's your uh, what's your movie the money shot you should you should uh it's not on letterbox oh, you should well, put on uh, oddly enough funny you should mention that um there is a film called <laughs> dave just buried his head there's a small little film that's currently on amazon enjoy it while it's still there before it gets taken down because the um the the ss soldiers that run amazon are trying to slowly weed out all independent movies from the platform 
So catch it while you can for free before I have to put it on Vimeo. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and then I'll send I, it over to the letterbox for a proper review. <laughs> I did just want to mention real quick, and if I'm not allowed to mention this, of course, Art will take care of this in post. Um, I did want to congratulate uh, our producer, Dave, because him and his wife are expecting. Uh, they've announced it on their, you know, they, they've announced it on social media. So congrats, Dave. And... Sarah. Oh wait, no, that's that's actually not a joke. Sorry. <laughs> Congrats, Dave and Sarah. <laughs> Dave, it was nice to uh, to know you. Uh, it'll be really sorry. We'll sorry. We'll be wow. I cannot talk. We'll be sorry that we'll miss you on the guys' trip next year. Um, but uh, we'll send you lots of pictures. It, it, it's very adorable that Dave that uh, Dave and another one of our. Oh yeah, that, friends also expecting thinks that they might be able to join us next year. Yeah, That's it's really so funny. fucking funny that these two guys who think that with three month olds at home they're going to be able to come on a guy's trip. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic mash comedy right there, everybody. And I guess that is all. So, um, as always, thank you for listening, everybody. Of course, if you enjoy what you heard, and why wouldn't you? Go, go ahead and check us out, subscribe, and uh, yeah, please help us out. Right, Art? We, yeah, we need love. We need reviews that are good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. I got the blues. I got the blues. I've got the alcoholic and you come in again. Watch out for the COVID. Wash your hands. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up. Wash them well and you know. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up. Wash your hands. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up. Down the drain, all the dirt and germs will go. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up, dub. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up, dub. Scrub, scrub, scrub it up. God damn it.